Welcome to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're excited you've joined us as we hear what God has to say to us through Scripture and this message from Pastor Paul. Isn't it interesting, if you've ever been to a different culture, um, how things are so different. I remember the very first time I traveled out of this country, my mom and I was 18 years old. My mom and I went to uh, Japan and visited there for two and a half weeks. One of my sisters at the time was married to a gentleman who was stationed in the Navy. They were in Japan. And because my sister was pregnant about seven and a half months with her second child, all the sightseeing was up to my mom and me. Needless to say, we stepped into an entirely different culture. The language was different. The religion was different. The customs were different. One day we found ourselves in, found ourselves in this smaller town, and, uh, you know, we didn't know the language. We found somebody who could understand English well enough to direct us where we needed to go, and we said goodbye and getting ready to part. Well, the, the lady that we had been speaking to bows, so my mom bows, the lady responds by bowing. My mom reciprocated. After about four times of this going back and forth, I'm like, Mom, look, I'm 18. I don't know a whole lot, but I think it's their custom that they get the last bow. Just turn and walk away. <laughs> you travel to other areas around the world and you discover that life is lived completely differently. The way they think, the way they act is very, 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 very different. And it takes a while to adjust. You know that if you've ever had a cross-cultural experience. Well, it's kind of like that as you become a Christian. It's as if you grow up in a culture with a set of assumptions and perspectives. And then when you meet Jesus and you start reading your Bible and the Holy Spirit takes residence in you, it begins to transform your understanding. And then you realize your citizenship isn't here. Your residence is here, but your citizenship is there. And as a result, you're starting to learn about this new culture that you're now a part of called the kingdom of God, and it's having an effect on you and how you see the culture that you've been a part of. Well, that's the experience of those in Colossae. We are uh, midway in our study of this New Testament letter, written by the Apostle Paul. And in chapter 3 today, the, one of the first things he's going to tell us is that our citizenship is ultimately in Jesus' kingdom. The Bible uses the language of we're pilgrims, sojourners. We're on this road trip through the world to our ultimate home in God's kingdom. And it really changes how we see our life and see our culture. Because before we knew the Lord Jesus, we couldn't think of ourselves apart from this culture. This is our identity. This is our value system. This is the way we behave until we meet Jesus and everything gets turned upside down. Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. If you're a Christian, Paul's saying, well, how do you know? Have you turned from sin? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ and received the new life that only He can offer? Have you believed in your heart that He died on the cross for your sins? 
So if you're a Christian, there are some implications. Here's what Paul says. Set your hearts on things above. So automatically we've got to understand there are two big concepts, above and below. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. What he's saying is that Jesus lived on the earth, he died, he rose, he ascended back into heaven. So Jesus is alive and well right now and he is seated in the kingdom, seated at the right hand of God. Knowing that, how should we think? Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now, this is a process. This requires focus and intention, and it takes effort. It doesn't just happen. You see, culture is down here on earth. Kingdom is up there with Jesus. We live down here. We need to get our minds to see and learn and experience the way Jesus would have them. Paul says, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Old you is dead. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Jesus is coming back. He's going to take the kingdom and bring it to our cultures of the earth. He's speaking about the end when God is done, when all the work is ultimately completed. The Apostle Paul is talking about here is the Christian approach to culture. So let me give you a summary of understandings. When it comes to how we should engage with culture, there are a few different perspectives. There is the non-Christian. The non-Christian view is, I don't know what you're talking about. Kingdom of God, Jesus ruling, reigning, eternal life, none of that means anything to me. All I know are the cultures of the earth. Another approach is what we might label as liberal Christians who would say, we have our version of culture, the way that we want to do relationships and identity and sexuality. We have our way of how we believe life should be lived on this earth, and God should just bless that. God should honor that. That God should just take our vision and make it happen. So these are the ones who would say from the Bible, we talked about this last week, There is one attribute of God that we're going to elevate over every other one, and that's God is love. But so much so to the exclusion of all others. What about God's holiness, God's truth? What about his requirement of obedience? God is love, so God loves us. He'll serve us. And give us our vision for life. So God's job is to bless our vision. Then there are those that we might call cultural Christians. Whose view is, God doesn't really help until you die. See, you believe in Jesus, and when you die, you go to heaven. Okay, true. But what about in the meantime? Let's say you're a teenager and you meet Jesus. With this view, Jesus is like life insurance. He doesn't really kick in until you die. Well, what happens is you don't really then 
want to have anything to do with Jesus or Christianity because you don't think it matters to your life. You just live your life, and Jesus has two jobs. He forgives you for all the mess that you've made, and he takes you to heaven when you die. He doesn't change your life. He doesn't change anything about you now. Truth is, the kingdom of God begins not the moment you die. The kingdom of God begins the moment you meet Jesus. Eternal life is not just life that lasts forever. It's life that begins when you meet Jesus. So this is our fourth perspective, and it's simply saying there is the kingdom of God and the cultures of the earth. That's the above and the below. And we are not to live culture up. We are to live kingdom down. What that means is this world is wrong. This world is confused. This world is corrupted. It's not the way it will eternally be. It's the way we've made it. And God needs to fix it. So whatever culture we're in, we have to compare that culture with the kingdom of God. And the issue is that we are citizens of that kingdom, but we are residents of this culture. So how do we live in this culture in light of that kingdom? In verse 1, Paul said, set your hearts on things above. In verse 2, set your minds on things above. What that means is in God's kingdom, people will do kingdom things. In God's kingdom, people will tell the truth. So we're supposed to tell the truth. In God's kingdom, people love each other. So we're supposed to love each other. In God's kingdom, people will forgive each other. So we're supposed to forgive each other. In God's kingdom, there is justice. So we're supposed to pursue justice. In God's kingdom, God is most important. And human life is incredibly valued. So on earth, we are to honor God above all and hold human life in great dignity. You see, we're to live in such a way that we are inviting others to get a foretaste of our great King, the Lord Jesus, and what life is like in His kingdom. How else are we to live in this culture in light of that kingdom? Paul says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Put to death whatever is down here, whatever is cultural, whatever is base, whatever is less than. And then here's a list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once, once lived. He's saying, you know what? Before you met Jesus and became a citizen of the kingdom, left to your own desires and passions, this is the way it was for you. But you meet Jesus, those aspects changed for you. It's no longer about out-of-control desires and longings and cravings that are animalistic more than they are godly. It's no longer about coveting something that's not yours. And he says it's no longer about idolatry. And idolatry isn't just seeing other people's false religions. It's about seeing gender and marriage and sexuality and on and on. Idolatry is worshiping anyone or anything other than the true God of the Bible. Romans 1 tells us they worshiped and served creatures 
created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. When something else becomes the center of our life, it establishes our identity. As a result, for some people, their gender, their sexuality, their freedom to do whatever they want to do with whomever they want to do for them becomes a God-like commitment. You see, what, God, what, what Paul is doing is, is he's taking us from the cultures of this earth and, and pulling us up into the kingdom. And he says, take a look at it from God's perspective. So what's the answer? He gave it partly in verse 5, put to death your sin. What he's saying is don't keep sin alive because it will come back to harm you. And then in verse 8, and these have more to do with, with the relationship. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. What he's saying is this, don't be like you, be like Jesus. Don't wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, I've got to be true to you. You get out of bed, you look up and you say, I've got to be true to you. You say, I want to be increasingly Lord Jesus like you. So here's how relationships happen in the culture below. There's anger. It's where you get frustrated and agitated and annoyed. There's rage where things build up and you get so upset that you may blow up. There is malice where you intend maybe harm to others, and it comes from the point of saying, look, I can't take it anymore, I'm going to do something about it. Slander, it's attacking another's character. Filthy language from your lips, it's not only profanity, it's speaking ill of others, it's gossip. And lying, it's where you make stuff up, or you rewrite history uh, to your own spin of the situation. How many of you would agree that everything the Apostle Paul has just talked to us about today is entirely true of our culture? Politically, socially, morally, spiritually? Here's what we need to be reminded of. In the kingdom of God, that's not how we will do relationships. It's not how we will live life. You know how many lies you're going to tell in heaven? zero. You know how many people you're going to gossip about in heaven? Zero. You know how many people you're going to seek to get even with and harm in heaven? Zero. You know where your citizenship is? It's in heaven. Your residence here. So while your residence is here, Let's make sure that we stay loyal to our king and his kingdom and we don't get sucked into this corrupt culture. And this is one of the ways that we do ministry and live as a witness where we try by the grace of God to do is to, is to treat each other as God treats us because ultimately we are ambassadors of God's kingdom. 
And he uses the language of your old self, what you used to be, what you used to do. And he contrasts that with your new self. Your old self was completely driven by emotions. Your new self has a will. See if this illustration helps. Your emotions are like the engine in your car. Combustible, powerful, but an engine without a steering wheel is a problem. In fact, it's pretty dangerous because you're not sure where you're going to end up. What he's saying is your old self was completely driven by your emotions. How many of you have said or, or done something and used your emotions as the excuse? Well, I was angry. Well, I was hurt. Well, that's your old self. It only had emotions. Your new self has a will, and it's being renewed in the image of God. Paul says that. And what he means is, as your emotions normally drive you, now it's the will, it's your steering wheel, and you get to respond differently. So in the kingdom, would I say that? In the kingdom, would I, would I do that? You see, when you become a Christian, you become a new self. And you put off the old self and you put on the new self and it's like changing clothes. It, it signifies transitioning from one thing to another. For example, this morning you got out of bed and you took off your pajamas and you put on clothes. And we thank you, by the way. Thank you for not showing up here like you do at Walmart. What happens when you join a sports team? They give you a uniform. And now you have a different allegiance and a, and a, a different role and responsibility. What about when you're at the point of graduation? How do you dress? They give you a flat hat that you'd never see anywhere else in a black dress. But it signifies to you a, a, a change of, of life stage. Or ladies, when you get married, what do you get to put on a wedding dress. It's a special dress, and it shows that there's this transition in your life when you join the military or the police department or the fire department. You get a uniform. And what he's saying is Christians need to understand that every day we've got to put that uniform on. When you meet Jesus, you literally have to think of yourself as a different person joining a different team serving a different king. You see, when you meet Jesus, it's not just about going to heaven when you die. It's beginning to live as a citizen of heaven every moment until you die. And then it culminates with understanding your identity. And that's going to be his last point at verse 11. Here, that is, in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. What Paul means is that that's where we go to get our identity. Because who we think we are determines how we live. Paul is telling us that our identity is up there. Your identity is in Christ. Your hope is in Christ. Your eternity is in Christ. Your joy is in Christ. And now Jesus is in his rightful place in your life. He occupies the center. 
And if Jesus occupies the center, from there you grow and you learn and you put kingdom values into practice, inviting others to get to know the Lord Jesus who seeks to give them life they've never before experienced. We hope you found this message to be encouraging. We'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and at bhprez.org for more information.